I won the, uh, during the week, uh, it's Thursday, I believe, I remember, Thursday. Did anyone else notice the, uh, the new car park that was being developed along the main Belfast Road? Anyone remember that? Anyone pass in? Yes. The uh, Go Petrol Station. Uh, oh yeah, that one. Uh, decided it would be a good idea to uh, reduce their prices by 20 pence a litre. And everyone went mental for it. Like, no joke, I managed to, I, for whatever reason, I was passing up and down that road. And it was like a car park, like just stacked way back. Now, I'm not going to embarrass any of you by raising your hands if you were one of those saddos who was in there, actual line of people there. But, uh, but goodness, it made me think, would we come with that same hunger and desperation to be filled with the Spirit that we are to fill our petrol tanks? I will ask you this. Has anyone here ever ran out of petrol, diesel, ever? Yeah, we did it once, didn't we? Remember, it was the TFM car, the diesel, it was uh, around there, it was very noise-like, oh my goodness. We knew it was bad. You, you get that kind of moment, you're still, you're trying to drive really conservatively. Well, I watched and tell, we'd never drive conservatively <laughs> to you, And you begin to get that, that wee chuck, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, where is the nearest Pepsi? We need to uh, fill up. And uh, really, we're concluding this series that we've been doing, the Resilience Series. And it's about being filled, being filled to the measure of the fullness of His goodness that Jesus uh, offers to us. And if we're really honest, this season, the seasons that we have been living through and are still in, is a period of time where, for many of us, we've been running on and we need to come back to the one who's going to fill us. It's going to fill us and give us the resources which is him to us that we need. We're going to turn our attention now, scripture this morning, if you've got a Bible, if not, take out your phones, uh, and turn to Matthew chapter 25, and uh, we're starting in verse 1. This is a real unusual um, Parable that Jesus teaches. He was just a master, a genius at telling stories. He used real life situations to uh, to tell stories about the kingdom. The interesting thing is that very often Jesus later explains the parable. So he tells a story, and then the people, the listeners of the day, are left going, "Oh, oh, what does that mean?" And very often he would tell them then, "Oh, this is what it actually means." And then there are many, several other parables that he teaches. And unless Matthew just forgot to include the interpretation, he never actually explained the meaning behind the story. And this is one of those. So we're going to read this together. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared 
prepare their mounts. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. That's an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> I'm looking at some of your faces, it's like, hmm, interesting, Jesus, what were you at there? And there are many ways we could dive into the narrative, and we can read commentaries, and they can help us to learn and to explain and to understand the very things that Jesus is actually saying. There's lots that we could go into. It is unnerving. It is unclear. However, the timing of when Jesus spoke these words is something to pay attention to. It is at the timing directly after when Jesus is talking about the coming of the end of the age, the time when he will return, the time when all things will be established and restored. And he's explaining, as we have over the last number of weeks, that someday Jesus will return. But in the days leading up to his return, some will fall away because of, because of the hardship. And we are living through incredible hardship. And our encouragement has been and is, don't fall away. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Even though it's difficult, even though everything's surrounding us, even though the culture is speaking all kinds of narratives and, 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 and messages which are contrary to the scriptures, hold on. Keep the faith. Keep the fight. Keep running the race. Don't give up. Don't give up. And that's what this resilience series is all about. These words here are unnerving. But what is clear of what it does mean is we need to renew our love for him. The oil in the story signifies or uh, is a picture of our love and our devotion to him. It's the Holy Spirit that is in us. It's our expression of our worship towards him. The bridesmaids, five of them, literally ran out of God. They ran out of love for God. And our message, and has been and is, is don't run out of him. Is keep pursuing him. Don't fall for the, the, the trappings or the, the alluring things of, I just want life to be good because it's been so dull and so desolate in my life. And I'm going to fill that with whatever it is, just to feel good again, for things to be normal, for things to be right. But in so doing, we sacrifice our very soul and give up on the one who really fills us with the measure of his fullness. A quick recap. Uh, we have become softened and weakened of resilience due to our comfort culture. That was pre-COVID. Then we experienced the global trauma which depleted our reserves as we uh, used whatever reserves that we had to muster up, to rally around, to keep ourselves going. We uh, are experiencing a trauma rehab, pretending that everything is okay. We just want to get on and kind of, that was a chapter in our lives. And yes, we do. We don't want to revisit the, that as a, a, the experience of that again. But we have needed to pay attention to how it's impacted us. We find ourselves in a vulnerable place, a desolate place, a, a place many of us have, 
stresses us, stressing against us, tempting us and luring us to agreements with the enemy instead of to pursue faith with him, that our messages don't give up, keep going. Resilience, remember, comes to us. It's not what we possess, it's what God gives to us. So as we conclude, final week, what are we talking about? It's your prescription. You go to a doctor, you present to the doctor your symptoms, and he or she listens to you and says, ah, I think we need to take this. And so the prescription is this morning is, what are we going to do about it? I would encourage you to take some notes this morning, or at least um, take out your phone if you have one, open the notes page, because there's going to be at least one thing that you're going to want to do, at least one thing. And there are several opportunities or options, but please, I would, if you're going to take this seriously, if we're going to prepare these notes, we're going to deliver them, we're going to get together, the, the rubber hits the road when we walk out the door, when we actually uh, do the RSVP stuff, when we actually do uh, what, 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 we're, what we're talking about here. So do that, that would be really encouraging. Your prescription, you're going to write a script this morning, uh, you're going to go to the chemist, which is God, and he'll, uh, uh, he'll give you what we need at this time. What's the plan? We need to readjust our lives. And we need to be intentional about that. We make adjustments in our lives all of the time. Some of us uh, start a new job. Some of us uh, go, go to university. Some of us, um, uh, you have a child who goes to university and we're thinking, great, one less mouth to feed. Except Harry keeps coming back at the weekends and he brings the washing with him. Oh my goodness. The, the electric bill and washing machine still hasn't Pink jumper, lovely. Um, nice and clean. Mum did it? Lovely. Ask the teacher how to use it, that would be good. Um, if you take up a new hobby, cycling or whatever it might be, or maybe you're entering into retirement, you're making adjustments and changes to life. So we're not, we're used to making adjustments which require changes to the norm. And so I offer number of changes and readjustments that would be really useful and really wise. If we do nothing this morning but these two things, these two things at least will go well for you. Firstly, to renew your love and devotion to Jesus. However you do that, in whatever way you find. And then secondly, is create a little You know the page that we do our writing on? The nine pages. For many of us, it's been a long time since we've done nine pages. You know the bit down the edge to mark? It's a space. And we need to create margin and space and time in our lives. So, I'm going to break this down into two areas. Uh, part one is to embrace recovery, and part two is to embrace resilience. I'm really sorry, I am boiling hot here. So give me 30 seconds while I take my jump off to the side, because if I leave it up now, I'm probably gonna lift my t-shirt and see my belly and all that. So just give me 30 seconds, one second. So firstly, we need to embrace recovery. 
athletes, any of you into your sport, you go to the gym or whatever it is that you do, you will know that training, the most important part of training is the recovery. It's not the actual training, it's not lifting the weights, it's not swimming the lengths, it's actually the bit afterwards that's most important, it's the recovery, it's the time of rest, it's the food, it's the water, it's the nutrition that that uh, replenishes the, 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 the resources that you've depleted during the exercise. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but it's important as we uh, take stock and we take time to think about the past, and we think about and we pay attention to ourselves right now, is to consider our recovery. And we need to consider how things in the past have affected us. We need to name it, we need to honor it, we need to grieve it, and we need to let it go. And so here's your first practice. If you're taking notes or you think, actually, this, this, this could be a really useful exercise, is take a journal or take a page, take some time. I want you to answer these questions. What did you lose? Think about, just think about for a moment, what did you lose over two years? For some of us, that's deeply painful. Deeply. The loss of a loved one. It might have been the loss of a loved one, but not the ability to grieve properly. To be with loved ones. To celebrate and remember Emotions. 
into relationships, your energy levels, your motivation to do to do your the sense of satisfaction, fulfillment, sense of worth, sense of value. Just take some time. Go before the Lord. Be honest with yourself. And write down some things. As we embrace recovery, the third practice, and this is what I shared with you last week, I have found to be deeply transformative and helpful for me, is practice benevolent detachment. Don't try and even spell the word. So good when you're doing that. Close your eyes, please. I encourage you to do that. If you missed it last week, it's the most simple prayer. And it's the most brilliant prayer. I'm going to pray, and we're all going to do it. God, I give you every Practice number four. This is a good one. We're all going to want to do this one. Is replenish your reserves. We had to rally. We had to take the reserves. There's stuff that we had to keep going, just keep going. And it was like Groundhog Day. Waking up, I remember waking up going, oh, we're going to do this all over again. I'm going to see that person. Oh, the highlight of my day was walking the dog. 
five week is doing a um, what do we do as a family zoom competition each week between there were about four or five families Saturday night six o'clock or seven o'clock we got on zoom and each week one of the families had to write a quiz we did a quiz each week that was the highlight of my week <laughs> with the surgeon of family they were one of them the surgeon the week, the week the surgeoners did the, the family quiz week, Sergi wrote around on himself. <laughs> it was my birthday. <laughs> I know we find that difficult to believe. That was the highlight of the week. Oh my goodness. No wonder we want life to be back and good again. <laughs> Replenish our reserves. What, this is the question, what do you need to do to replenish our reserves? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Question. Where are the green meadows for you? What are the peaceful streams for you? Where do you go? Where or who do you need to spend time with? How do you have fun? How do you play? How do you spend time deliberately with the shepherd? Where are the green meadows that he takes you to? Where he renews your strength? Guys, we need to be deliberate. Friday afternoon, just past, uh, Shantan and I were at work Friday morning and uh, it gets to sort of late morning. I say, darling, I've got to write this sermon. I've got to write a few more emails and then I'm done. I want to spend time together with you. Can you just maneuver your work so that we can get off? Yes, 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 we're gonna get off at lunchtime, great lunchtime. Lunchtime gets pushed back. We do this, we go home, we've got some other, Gets pushed back, gets pushed back. I'm thinking, look at the timeline. All I want to do is go for a walk with my wife and the dog. Mainly my wife, but the dog's fun too. <laughs> and eventually, 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 we get to Bally Bolly Forest, and it's like, I can't remember, four o'clock. I think this is going to be amazing because by the time we get back, it's going to be dark. I'm going to bring my head torch. So excited. So excited, pack the head. And I bring a big rucksack. And she tells me, "Why are you bringing a rucksack?" And I'm like, yes. I said, first of all, I said, "I've got a, I've got a rug in there, champagne. <laughs> We're gonna have just a romantic time together. Oh, it's gonna be lovely." And it's not, but the head torch is coming. Honestly, I'm never happier than in the forest walking with people that I love and with a dog. I just come alive. Just come alive. It's the green meadow. It's the still waters. Where is it for you? Where's the place? Who are the people? But the thing is, you have to be deliberate. I was chatting to Ivan and Gail, who uh, not with us this morning, literally about two or three weeks ago. We chat about this, chat about that, and it was like, oh my goodness, oh, this, oh, it's just like burdensome conversation. Not because of them, but just us. It was just 
is a safe place, it's a safe people for me to be able to offload, and they would do the same. And I just said, well, do you know, we need to have more fun. And they said, how do you do that? And I was like, you need to carve out time. You have to be intentional. You just have to, you have to plan for it, and you have to do it. We need to reorientate our lives. We need to make some adjustments in our lives. And in order to say yes to some life-giving things, we need to say no to some things that are draining our resource and depleting of our energy. We need to say no to meeting that person who's just going to drain the living daylights out of you. I'm sorry. Now, that's not to say that we're mean and we're nasty and we're just not going to... Everyone, everyone, of course, especially in the church, we are a family, we are a people, and we care, we love one, and we're prepared to lay down our lives and journey together, of course we are. But there are some times when we just, we just got to say, no, I, I just, no, I just can't, I can't get that, I, no. Maybe, maybe next week, or maybe the next, a week after, whatever, but, but you know what, my resources, I know, I know, she tell the tape, where my resources are low, and I need to go to the, go petrol station, I need to fill up. We need to replenish the reserves. We need to learn. Goodness, we need to learn to put our phones down, put them on airplane mode, and not pay attention. You know how depleting of our energy that is. And the messages that they convey to us, the hours that we spend wasting our lives on this rubbish. So addictive. We still do it. We know what I'm saying is true. We just need to be disciplined. Just put it down. We need to practice rest. We need to practice Sabbath. Something which we're probably going to spend a bit more time on in the new year. uh, Teaching on and hopefully doing. So we need to embrace uh, our recovery. I'm going on. Part two. We need to embrace resilience. We need to practice that mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. First of all, mental resilience. This requires us to take hold of our our thought life and our mental practice. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, writes, We take every captive, uh, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How much of our day is spent wasted? depleting us of mental resource and emotional resource by just spending too much time in in the shallows and the midlands, worrying, speculating, etc., etc. For many of us, this is more than just normality. For some of us, this becomes an obsessive thing. There could be various things, traits, um, narratives in life, that particularly capture our attention and deplete us of emotional resource. And if that's something that's more than what you think is normal and you'd like uh, to talk about that, uh, I would love to spend some time with you talking about that. And so if that's you and that's kind of hit a nerve or you think you can connect with that, please come and talk to me about that. I would love to spend just a bit of time with you on that, simply because that's been my story. This is my... This is my thorn in the side. This is the thing that captures my, uh, robs me of, of so much of life.
love the Lord's goodness is, is just simple worry and anxiety, very often about things that, quite frankly, will never happen. But it's speculation of what might happen. And then we orientate our lives to create them so safe in order that that thing that we worry about might actually happen or take place. But we all do it to a certain degree. We all speculate. So-and-so didn't speak to me today. They must be annoyed with me. I wonder what I've done to upset them. They don't like me. And we go down a path with our things. My child got a bad test result on a test. Oh my goodness, they're going to really struggle. I need to do such and such. And before we know it, we've completely written them off because they got a bad test at school. Or I've got a sore tummy. Oh my goodness. I wonder what that means. Maybe it means this and this and this. And we take our thoughts down a whole narrative of hole. Jesus told us, he didn't recommend this, he commanded this actually. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Stop it. Practice benevolent detachment. I give it to you, and I leave it with you. Secondly, emotional resilience. Emotions are an incredible part of our makeup. Praise the Lord that God gave us the experience to love, uh, to have empathy, to be excited, to have other emotions like anger, frustration. Uh, they're all helpful. And some of them are really unhelpful. And if we allow the unhelpfulness of our negative uh, emotions to drive the bus, we end up acting and making choices <coughs> besides our rational thinking of what is true. And we allow our emotions to drive the bus instead of uh, what's true in the book and what God says. Uh, to, to actually take us. Uh, in the, the book, which has been incredibly helpful, and I've actually stolen a lot of this morning, uh, John Eldridge writes the following, we build emotional resilience by not letting them control our perspective or our reaction to things. Simply because fear sweeps over you in a night doesn't mean you have to give way to it. We honor our emotions by acknowledging them, we bridle our emotions by keeping them subject to the truth. And so our practice here is, what are we going to do when those emotions begin to take hold? I'll be honest with you, again, this is, this is one of my things, often fear sometimes just sweeps over me. This week I have woken in the night, um, and I said to Chantelle in the morning, uh, at least twice, maybe three times this week, I just woke in the middle of the night and just felt feeble. And no reason, just got up, needed to go to the toilet. That's another thing. And a man of a certain age, that's another thing. Do you know how honest we are? Well, we worry too honestly. And then suddenly the emotions connect with the brain. Of course, there must be something wrong. I wonder what it is. And then you start thinking all these things. You know, oh, maybe it's that. Before you know, it's like, oh my goodness. 
our dear friend, Hugo, who passed away. Often would share with me, and I'm sure this is okay to share this, his family are here. That he would say to me that in the middle of the night he would wake up with troublesome thoughts, feeling deeply fearful about the future. And he used to say, I'd lie there and I'd pray for fear of the rain. That was, that was his words. I was praying for fear of rain. And he learned not to uh, let it dictate his life, not to govern the way that he was living his life, not to replace it with pleasurable thoughts or distracting it with really nice things. He prayed the fear away by practicing, probably, but I think you can catch me, by sitting in the place, experiencing it, acknowledging it, using scripture, I will not fear, do not fear. One Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Lastly, practice resilient, uh, spiritual resilience. What are the practices that bring you alive? What are the practices that connect you most with Jesus? How do you spend time with him? And it's not just the, it's the, it's the time in the morning. It's the time in the morning, mid-morning, lunchtime. That time when you're sitting waiting for someone to get ready and get into the car. All those little bite-sized times, which we usually, if we're really honest, reach for our phones and do something on or with. It can only, it only needs even just to be a minute. Pause to be still. Pause to tune in. To do nothing. In the busyness of our lives, the margin of nothing. And allowing God to speak to you in that. So what's your plan? What's your prescription? What are you taking away? There are two parts to this morning. The first is to embrace recovery. The second is to embrace resilience. What are you going to do today, this week, to acknowledge what you've lost? What are you going to do to take stock and think, where am I at today, right now? What are you going to do to think, actually, what's it that I need? Guys, Christmas is coming, and you know, if you know me, I'm a complete nightmare bar humbug about Christmas. But I do love, I love getting together with people that I love. I really do. I love being with my family at Christmas. My sister's coming over from England. Not seen her in a while. I love going down. We've got great friends in Oma. We go, we spend time with them. We have good food, we drink wine. We have loads of fun together. I love the time when we do get to center ourselves and we do consider why we're celebrating and what we're doing. Guys, Christmas has come with so many plans and preparations to make. But plan, plan for time with him. Time with the right people. That we build resilience. That we journey life with him. We journey life with people that God's uh, placed in our lives to journey.
hold on, stay the course, keep going. Even if it feels like you're crawling, keep going, keep plugging in. The last thing I will say, just come into my head so I'll pick it right in the middle, is what I've noticed over this last number of weeks, from talking to several of us, one of the one of the things that has so helped you spiritually and just then in all aspects of life is journeying together with other people. And we need to make that a priority. COVID stole enemy had it up his sleeve all along. COVID was a killer, yes, but boy did it kill us on the inside from isolating ourselves, keeping us on our own. And God said it is not good for man and woman to be alone. So we must make it a practice, deliberately Chat. I'm just going to pray for a minute, so I will shut up and let us bring Father along this thing. <laughs>